Well, morning. Um, it's great to be back at our regular refresh um, time slot with the breakfast back on and faces back here. And it was pretty cool during the holidays. We had still had a program running, but we were obviously a bit lighter on in the numbers. But pretty cool to see everyone back. Um, I guess as you could see uh, from our introduction and stuff like this uh, today, um, and I don't know if you've seen any posters laying around school, if, you, if you're on Facebook or wherever, the website, if you've ever checked any of that stuff out, um, refreshchurch.com.au, just in case. Um, <laughs> was, that, was that obvious? Um, noise. Talking about noise uh, and, and what that really means uh, for us, uh, for us as Christians and, and all that sort of stuff. Have you ever, have you ever um, been really busy, been flat out, out of control possibly, um, and if you're a teacher here it's like exam time or report writing time or if you're some other work, you, you know, you, there's always peak times in your, you know, in your chosen field. If you're a student then it's the whole assignments, you know, assignments are due, come on quick get the stuff out and oh I forgot to do that one, I better do three in one night, all that sort of thing. All right, we're all laughing because we've all done it. Um, and you, flat, and you sort of start to think, and you say to yourself, you go, man, I don't ever want to do that again. Or I, don't, I want to try and like level out the peaks of, this, of the busy periods. You, know? like you always have a few times where it's still busy but not so bad. And then you have these huge high points where it's just like, oh, you just don't get enough sleep. You, you don't spend enough time with your, you know, your, your friends or your family or whatever it might be. And have you ever sort of said to yourself, you know what? I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to actually pull back. I'm going to... St- you know, stop the rot, so to speak. I'm going to like just take a take a deep breath, and I'm, even if I have to cut some stuff out of my life, I'm going to I'm going to make some changes. And it might and and often during a maybe a, a weekend or a long weekend or a, a holiday break or something where you've got where you have had the opportunity potentially um, to relax a little bit, and you've gone, this is good. You know, this this is actually alright. And and I'm going to I want to do this more often. And so you say to yourself, right, I'm going to actually try and put things in place. I'm going to I'm going to put some strategies uh, in and I'm going I'm to take the time to maybe spend it with some friends that, you know, maybe it's friends you haven't seen for a while and you think, you know what, I really want to spend some time with some old friends and I don't get to see them anymore or maybe you've met someone new and you think, oh, the only way I'm going to be able to see that friend or see that person more often is, you know, is be deliberate in trying to, you know, in trying to reach out to that person or maybe it's, maybe it's your own family. Maybe it's like, oh man, if you're working, you might think, oh, I'm never home, I don't get enough time with the kids, or you know, it might be with mum, whatever it is. And so you make these plans, and you put these plans in place, and then Monday turns up. <laughs> and then before you know it, Monday's finished, and it's Tuesday, and then it's Friday, and then it's Friday the week after, and then it's like two months' time, and you're just going, man, what happened to that? What happened to that plan? I was really adamant, I was going to put that in place, I was going to... I was going to change. I was going make to some di- make some changes in my life. But all of a sudden, you know, back to reality, life takes over and, and away you go. And it's pretty hard. That's the sort of noise that we're talking about. And we're going to spend a few weeks uh, talking on different aspects of, of the noise. But the noise that happens in our life, you know, it's stuff that's just like, you know, it's everywhere. It's not bad stuff necessarily, but it just consumes us. And, and it takes away from the things that we would like to prioritise and we would attempt to prioritise but it just uh, this seems to take over I don't know I'm like that, don't know if anyone else is like that, don't know if you're in your situation, my guess is at all, everyone in this room at some time has had that happen 
where you're just like, oh man, I don't want to be this busy, I don't want to be that. Noise destroys knowing and growing. Noise destroys knowing, whether it's knowing and growing uh, a friend, other, peop- other people around us, family, friends, partners, you know, husbands, whatever it might be, or whether it is indeed our relationship with Jesus Christ. Noise destroys knowing and growing. Noise destroys knowing and growing. Here at Refresh, I guess if you haven't picked up on it, uh, if you might have seen it around, maybe you haven't taken much notice, but one of our goals here is growing followers of, growing followers of Jesus. That's, that's what we're here to do. We're here to, here to reach out to our North Point community and the people here at school and then the extended people who are connected to that and if, if, you're, not extend, if you're not connected to North Point, that doesn't matter anyway, we'll, we'd love to have you here, you know, thanks for coming. But, but primarily we're here to, to make a difference at our North, in our North Point community, particularly those people who might be far, you know, far from God, people who may not yet have, have had you know, a, a close and personal connection with Jesus Christ. And we're all about growing people who don't yet know God personally but also ourselves. Uh, and, and maybe people here who already do have a connection with Jesus Christ and wherever you sit yourself in that, on that line. Um, we're all about growing. And I guess to, to start with, the, you know, this, as we've started refreshing this uh, last few months, we've talked about being a follower uh, over the Easter break. If, even if you weren't here, we talked about Jesus and who Jesus is and what we want to do now in this next few weeks is talk about the growing part and, and, and particularly about how noise gets in the way of that. Um, so that's where we're going to head. That's where we're going to. That's where we're going to go to. Um, the noise in our life. If I said to you, if I said to you, now this is where we can call it. I'm going to. I'm going to say a few slogans, right? And a bit of a game. It's like okay, it's not. We're not going to be yelling out like like we did with that game before. And the game before was um was pretty strategic. You know how hard it is to actually. You know how we played that game. We had to, like everyone. You got three different mobs of people yelling at you how hard it is to actually hear uh you know like there's just noise going on everywhere and people up there are going oh, what? you know and then it was pretty funny because i'm sitting up the back when that happens you know and crocodile comes on and there's like 300 people just going like this and it's just like <laughs> lobster and they're going like this. it's just it literally it was awesome um so you did really well but there's a whole conglomerate of noise going on and they're like uh, who do i focus on where do you where do you look where do you turn but there's that stuff happening to us all the time in our society. Now, case in point, ready? I'm going to say a slogan and I want you to give it back to me. Um, I'm loving it. Comes from Maccas, right? Pretty basic, okay? Life's good. LG, right? Not too hard at all, right? You know these real easy. So good. I'm not talking about the sanitarium variety. So good. So good. KFC. KFC, so good. Yep. And everyone goes, oh yeah, that's right, yep. Um, burgers are better. Clearly too easy. Think different. That was for Simo. Think different. Yep. Simo's got his thumbs up, yep. Uh, eat fresh. Subway, pretty easy. Um, open happiness. Coke. Yes, Coke. All right. Why do you know that? Seriously, why do you know that? Do you actively go out and about looking to know that sort of information? Do you like go, right, I'm going to research these different products because I'm, when I go out for my you know, fancy dinner tonight, I want to go to Macca's, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I want to know what they are and I want to know like, which one's going to be best for me. No. All right? Why do you know that? How come you know this sort of stuff? Now, I've got a few other 
I've got some logos I'm going to get uh, Richo maybe to throw up on there. And these are old ones. This is, these are sort of, this is on one particular brand. Okay, technical difficulty, we'll keep talking. Um, they'll come up in a minute. Um, but what's one common theme with all those? Here we go, a bit of Coke up there. Open happiness, that's, that's the current logo or slogan. Next one, do you remember that one? What was that? Can you read it? Yep, next one. All right, now you're going, oh yeah, I remember these. Like, you know, I haven't seen that for a little while. Yeah, now I remember that. Okay, next one. All right, now some of this is starting to eliminate a few of you, okay? <laughs> All right, now I must say, these, some of these are eliminating me as well, although I do remember that one. Okay, next one. So this is actually getting older. This is, these, are, these are some old Coke slogans. Anyone remember that? Oh, look, the grey hairs are putting their hand up. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, okay, and this one, I just thought I'd throw that in. Anyway, that was just even, okay, okay, you can, you can get rid of that. Um, okay, it's just, I won't say what that is because people who are listening on the, you know, on the recording might go, what are they talking about? Well, I'm not going to tell them. Um, <laughs> why do you know that? What's the, com what's the common theme with all those slogans of the different, different uh, companies and the different people pushing different products and also all those Coke ads? Um, What's the common theme? What's sort of one thing that, what, what, what are they trying to like demonstrate this is what happens when you take on their product? Life's better, life's good, right? At every moment they're like saying, you're gonna love it. You're gonna enjoy it, right? You're gonna, and that's the noise that we get. This is the noise that we're talking about. You don't go actively out there looking for this stuff, but at every turn they're like, they're just hitting you and bombarding you, us, with, oh, you, you're gonna need this stuff. In fact, if you look into how a commercial operates, nearly, nearly every commercial, um, follows the same format. So first of all, they point, they want to get your attention. Okay? So they're like, they've got, to, they've got to put something that is immediately, they've only got maybe 30 seconds or you know, even less time, maybe 10 seconds if it's a billboard, like it's just a glance and you look away. They need your attention. Okay? So there's got to be something that gets your attention. Once they have your attention, they need to actually help you like, increase the awareness or increase your, your, your interest in this product. So it's like, oh, and you need to take that second look, that double take. So then after that, they need to create a desire. So it's like, oh yeah, I want that. And that's where this whole, you know, when we're talking about, okay, life's good or something, it's like, oh, oh yeah, you know, I want that or I need that. Um, and then they've obviously got to try and motivate you to action. Going, I want that and I'm going to go and get it. I'm going to prioritise that and if that's what I want, I'm going to go out there and make that happen. And, and nearly every ad, every ad, it's a cognitive thing, then it goes to emotional and then it goes to action. And that's hitting you all the time. And there's stuff. And like we just talked about half a dozen food products. Uh, but it's, there's thousands, there's hundreds and hundreds and thousands of, of different products that all the time. And we could go through here and, and we could go through a hundred different products and I could say the slogan and you could tell me what it is immediately. Why? Because it just hits us. There's all that stuff. The noise. There's noise around us everywhere. And I guess, what are, you know, what are we going to do about that? Um, When it comes to our relationship with Jesus, everybody serves something or somebody. Everybody serves something or someone. What I mean by that is, you know, sometimes there's a lot of people, and I guess this is how in the commercial world, they have to be able to make you spend money on their product. That makes them money, so then they can 
serve themselves. I don't know how ironic that is. But you know what I'm saying? So they, they, they go out there and they want you to spend your money so that they can become rich. That's just, that's just how it operates. And a lot of people get caught up in that and, it's all, and it becomes all about me. And that's basically what they're trying to say. Life's all about you and you, you alone and you need this stuff because then you will spend your money. No, it's not about someone else because if it's about someone else then there's not much motivation there to get the, get the dollars out of your wallet. But life's all about me. And the vast, you know, the vast majority of all the advertising, all the billboards, all that sort of things say, life's all about you. As occasionally someone else will put up something like a salvo or something like that and said, hey, hey, can you help out someone else? And you go, oh, I don't know about that. You know, because <laughs> like, normally it's just all about me. But everybody serves either themselves or something else. Tell you a story. Um, in Exodus 3, uh, this is, where, this is where the whole Moses stuff begins to happen. And I didn't pick this up till not too long ago. In Exodus 3, Moses has just been asked by God to go back to Egypt to get all the people, right, it's a well-known story, to get all the people out of Egypt and take them to the promised land. Okay? That's the place where God said, look, one day all you people are going to be able to live in, in Egypt. Uh, get out of Egypt, I should say, sorry. And I'm going to take you to the promised land where I promised, you know, from times back in Abraham, all that stuff. And so God calls Abraham. Now, to start with, he's, um, he's, Abraham's pretty hesitant. But uh, verse 7 of Exodus 3, The Lord said to him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries and their distresses of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them. And he goes on. So remember here that Moses has... Moses is becoming involved in this situation where there's been generations of people who have been serving other people. They've been slaves. No choice. Okay, start with when, when, when Joseph, uh, when he had those had those dreams and all that sort of stuff, you know, and then he set up, set up all the different forms of government to bring in all the wheat and corn or whatever it was. Remember that? Yep. Then from there, he brought all his family. They all prospered because Pharaoh actually gave them all good land and they had heaps of sheep and heaps of animals and all this sort of stuff and they prospered. Then there was hundreds and hundreds and literally thousands of people and the Pharaoh, the subsequent pharaohs go, you know what, these people are getting too powerful, so we need to make them slaves, so he does. So now there's actually generations of people who have become slaves to a foreign master. And they don't like it, obviously. So they are absolutely sick of serving this pharaoh. They're absolutely tired and they're, they're treated harshly. They've been, you know, they've been beaten, they've been whipped, they've been made to work, they've been, their, their labour is intense. And they literally have been serving and they're, they're, they're crying out to God saying, deliver us. So Moses, uh, so Moses is sent along by God and said, all right, we will deliver you. And so he does. And so God says to, you know, here it says, you know, I've seen the oppression of my people, I'll, I'll, I want to deliver them, you're my man, Moses. Um, then he actually says, he actually says to the people, God answered, I will be with you. This is in verse 12. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So basically, Moses is at Mount Sinai at the moment. He's out in the bush chasing sheep. The whole burning bush thing happens. And God says, this is a sign. I want you to go out. I want you to bring all the people back and you're going to bring them back to this place, to, the, to Mount Sinai, 
where I worship. But if you pick up the word worship, the word worship in the Hebrew, now I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but uh, all bad is the word, okay? It's not all bad, it's all bad. Uh, now that word worship, which is translated worship, if you've got an older version, potentially it will, the, the, the literal translation is serve, to serve. So here, what God is saying to, think about this for a minute, Here's what God's saying to the people of Israel, to Moses, to, to relate to the people of Israel. You've been serving as slaves to this foreign master, to the, to the Pharaoh of Egypt. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to come, I want you, I'm going to get you all out, and I want you to come to Mount Sinai, to this place, to serve me. Wouldn't you be thinking, do I have to serve anybody? Like, wouldn't you be thinking, man, I've just been oppressed, We've been, the whole generations of people have been like, just hammered and, and made to do a heap of stuff, um, if you deliver us, if you free us, isn't real freedom like just letting us go? Can't we just go on our own way and do our own thing and at last we would be free? But God actually says, I want you to come, I want you to bring them to this mountain where they will worship me or where they will serve me. Everybody serves something. Everybody serves someone. Noise destroys knowing and growing. Noise destroys knowing and growing. See, if you're not serving God, then you're serving yourself. And when you serve yourself, there's just so much noise that seems to get in your way that it's, it's really hard to hear, hear, to hear God at all. It's really difficult. Noise destroys knowing and going. In fact, you know, go into Matthew, um, and Jesus talks about, uh, about serving as well. And there's a, there's, I mean, when it talks about serving people, there's a whole heap in the Bible. Uh, it just goes on and on about servant, about being a servant. Paul talks about being a servant. Math, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus actually says, you know, you, you can't serve two masters. And he's talking at, the, at that time about money, but he's talking about, you know, what you do. You can't serve yourself and finances and God as well. He said, you've got to think about who is it that you're going to serve and what is the priority in your life and how are you going to get rid of that noise? How are you going to get rid of all that stuff that's going on around you? You can't serve two people. Um, another story, which I thought was pretty amazing, is the story of uh, Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah, you've probably heard of Nehemiah, but if I said, like, what did Nehemiah do? Maybe most of you would go, oh, I think, wasn't he that guy that... Well, Nehemiah was the guy, Daniel, Daniel in the lion's den, that fella. After that, Israel, Jerusalem, the Babylonians came in and smashed took them exile and actually took them back to Babylon. Remember the story? A few nods. Okay, so, so you have here the Israelites. This is, this is well after Egypt. This is down the line a little bit further. You have all the Israelites. They're living in, they're living in, the, in uh, Jerusalem. Babylon, which has become a powerful country and a powerful nation, kingdom, comes along and, and takes over, after a siege and all this sort of stuff, takes over Jerusalem. They're in Babylon for a while, for some time. And Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king. All right, so he works in the palace. He's he's got a pretty he's got a pretty important job. He's not just one of the guys out in the out in the you know out in the flat somewhere building things or, or helping in, in some menial thing. He's actually he's talking with the king. He's he's got an important job. He's the cupbearer. Now I don't know really how important job cupbearer really is. I mean, how many times a day does a king have a drink? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think about Have you ever thought about that? I don't know. Six or eight times a day? Oh, look, here's your drink. What do you do now? I don't know. I'm sure he had other responsibilities, but, but he was the cupbearer, okay? That's what the Bible says. He's the cupbearer. His, 
brother, the Bible says, and some other men come to visit the king, uh, come to visit Nehemiah. Any guesses to how far Jerusalem was from Babylon? Anyone know? Well, in a straight line, it's about 900 k's. And if you took the road route, then you'd probably nearly double that. So you actually, when he says he come to visit, and there was no aeroplane or car, <coughs> excuse me, um, we're talking a fair journey, probably like here to Cairns, um, with your donkey or something, or whatever it might be. Well, so anyway, he come to visit, which is pretty amazing. But there's, that's significant because he comes to visit and they say to Nehemiah, like, you know, this is, hey, how you doing? And Nehemiah goes, well, how are you guys doing? How's things back home? they still consider it their home like he still he still has an identity as a you know as one of the israelites and he he says look how's things back home how's things in jerusalem and they go not good he says what do you mean not good he says well jerusalem smashed you know there's no walls there's no security because walls equal security there's no security people who anyone any you know anyone around you know any other nations type thing or any other countries or even just random little tribes tri- <coughs> excuse me tribes or groups um they come in they just take what they want they take all our, you know, our crops or our food or our belongings or our women or whatever. They just come in and we've just got, like, it's not good at all. And Nehemiah is, he's like, oh, he's troubled. He really is troubled by that. Anyway, so he goes back to work the next day, doesn't say anything to the king, but the king looks at him and says, mate, why the long face? Like, he sees it, he's really sad. He says, look, what's going on? Why are you so sad? And he says, well, and the Bible actually says it's pretty cool. The Bible actually says, he says a prayer to, to God. So he goes, oh, God, help me here. Help me say the right words. But he says, look, this is what's happening back home. And I'm really disturbed about it. And the king says, well, why don't you go home and fix it? And he goes, okay, I will. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take you up on the offer. And so he, so he gets on his bike and goes the 1,600Ks or however long, you know. I don't, have, I don't even know how long it would take you to do that sort of thing, you know, walking along. But he, he, he travels back home. Now, Nehemiah, what was his occupation? Cupbearer. Right. So Nehemiah, the cupbearer, keep that in mind, Nehemiah, the cupbearer, goes home and goes back to Jerusalem. He surveys, the Bible says, he surveys the wall. He realises that this it's, it's out of control. There is no security, there is no wall. There's bits and pieces broken, all that sort of stuff. He goes home, he looks around and says, we need help. So then he actually starts to organise people and he says, look, we're going to need this and we're going to need that and how about you guys, you do this and you do that and how about while we're doing this? And he starts to organise people. And of course, the other people, the other tribes and the other you know the other people around Jerusalem who aren't the Israelites they don't like it so they're going to start to try and go well we're not going to let you rebuild and so as they were building and this is probably one of the famous things or the better known things uh, that happened in this story that while they were constructing constructing the wall or reconstructing the wall they were carrying their swords with them and the people who were carrying the, the materials their, their timber or carrying brocks or whatever it might be as they were carrying along they had their swords drawn so they were at battle, they were ready, on the ready, the whole time and they rebuilt and it only took them 52 days and they rebuilt the whole wall and they, re- they restored Jerusalem, they restored the security of Jerusalem. Um, Jerusalem had no gates, the gates had been burnt or taken down, whatever, so they rebuilt, they, they restored security, they restored law and order and they started to get Jerusalem back. The point, Nehemiah was a cupbearer. Was he a builder? No. Was he, uh, was he, you know, a soldier? No. Did he know about... But yet, the thing about Nehemiah was that he saw a need. And quite often, I guess, 
we see needs in our community or we see needs, you know, whether it be our school community or our, our church community or our wider community, we see needs. But so often, and I do this, I, I'm so guilty, I, so often we see those needs and we think, well, I'm not the best person for that job. There is someone better. And there is someone more equipped, there's someone more passionate, there's someone who, uh, you know, who would know more networks and have more networks, know more people to be able to pull this off. And so we let that need pass by. Who are you serving? Nehemiah took on that project because he saw the need. Do we only serve when we see the needs in areas that we like serving? Or do we go, you know what? If there's a need there, if God's showing me a need, maybe... Maybe I'm not the best person for it. Maybe I can think, you know, and if you're young, you're thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'm still at school or, or I'm still at uni or whatever. I don't, I don't have as much experience. I don't have as much knowledge. Or I'm, I don't have a degree in this. You know, if you see a knee, jump in and fill it. Because all around us, there's always people like it. Coming back to that same old story, you know, when life's all about us, sometimes even in our service, we think, oh, I'll only serve in my way. Or only do things my way. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't serve where you're passionate either. Like, I'm not saying that at all. And I think there's, you know, if you can serve in areas that you're passionate, that's awesome. Um, but there's also something about, hey, we're all part of this group. And let's, let's jump in and do it together. I guess we take that one step further. And we go to, um, we go to the New Testament, to, to Philippians. And in Philippians, Paul's giving the Christians in Philippi a letter and he's actually writing, he's actually, he's actually sitting in jail, he's locked up in Rome um, this is Paul the, the apostle, the, the evangelist the missionary uh, who lived or, or we hear about him um, around the time of Christ and then just after um, so here he is writing to, to, the, to the Christians in, in Philippi in Philippians 2 and he says here he says is there any encouragement, this is verse 1, is there any encouragement from, from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? So he's saying basically, have you got any Christian values? Are you, like, are you really a Christian here? Like if you are, he says, look, he says, then truly make me happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with, other, with one another. Uh, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish, all about me stuff, okay? He said, no, 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 don't be selfish, don't do that. Don't try to impress others, all about me, yeah, okay? Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. So here he's saying, like, if you, you know, because he's writing to the letters to the, Christi the Christians, he's saying to the Christians, he said, if you call yourself a Christian, he says, this is, surely, please, he said, like, just be like this don't squabble amongst yourselves don't think that you're right don't don't make yourself better than anyone else don't don't make even your christianity all about me who are you serving don't make your christianity bit. he says and this is he said you take the same attitude of jesus christ verse six though he was god this is talking about jesus though he was god he didn't he, he did not think of equality with god something to cling to Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. So he's saying, here's Jesus Christ, okay? Jesus Christ and John, John the disciple, John talks about, you know, in the beginning was the Word, that's God, uh, that's Jesus. 
he, he, he was God, is God, and he was there at creation. So Jesus has been around forever. He, he created the world. And here he is a little while later, after creation, Jesus at, comes to the earth as a man, as a human being. He was God. He said, and, the, and Paul here says, he didn't think equality with God was something to hang on to. He didn't say, look, oh, no, I want to stay a God. I want to be a God. I want, to, you know, I, want to, I want to maintain my high position here. He says, he became a humble servant and he became a human being. And not only did he become a human being, but he came to the earth as a servant of a human being to serve the other humans. And not only did he serve the other humans, but the other humans actually picked on him, picked on him so much that he, that he was tortured to death and died on a cross as a criminal, as, a, as one of the worst of the worst. Paul's saying, that's the sort of attitude you should have. Who are you serving? Who are the, who are, what noise is there in your life that sort of blocking out that stuff, that sort of, that's saying to you, you know, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all, it's all me, me, me. And even when we pray sometimes, you know, how many times we, we you know, dear Jesus, um, please give me, please help me, please, you know, I, I need, I need, I need, um, you know, give me this. Um, or do we take on that, or do we take on that servant attitude? You know, here Jesus Christ said, you know, Paul says, oh, sorry, sorry about Jesus Christ. He he took on that attitude of a complete and utter and humble servant. Who are you serving? Who are you out there doing stuff for? Verse 9, uh, it talks about what happened after that. And he says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names, uh, that, at that, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and, er and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, he said, if anyone's going to be doing the promoting, it's God lifts us up. God lift, lifted Christ up. He became the utter servant, and yet God made him something completely wonderful. And I suppose as we, um, I suppose as we, as we look at this series on noise, what noise, what stuff is there in your life that just goes, it's all about me? You deserve this, you need this, you should have this. Other people have got it and you, you need it as well. I'm not to say anything at all that you might have is, is wrong in itself. Don't, don't, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to pick on one thing. And, but that whole attitude, that whole, I guess it's just that commercial, commercial, commercialism of, of society just says, mate, you need this, you've got to have it and you need it now. And if you haven't got the money for it, you just borrow it. I mean, just, just go to the bank, grab a credit card, you, know? <laughs> you can do this. Pay it back later, it's all right. Um, I'm not saying credit cards are wrong either, but you know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's just all over. It's just everywhere you look, that's the message, which is just so polar, polarised and opposite to what Jesus Christ was all about, where he said, you know what? Having stuff's not what it's all about. Having status is not what it's all about. And he came and he, and he was unfairly treated and he served the people but was, um, was able to do, like, amazing things, um, obviously, the whole plan of salvation. I guess as we go into that, you know, a little bit of a reality check for you. Not, not to tell me about it, but just for ourselves. What do we spend our time on? Not so much our work time, but what do we spend our rec time, you know, our recreational time? What do we spend the time outside of our work hours? Or what do we spend our money on? What do we spend our time thinking about or talking about? If we were being honest with ourselves... 
that sort of stuff is the stuff that we're probably serving. And it might be, it might be good stuff, but it might be stuff that you, it might not be bad in itself, but it's going, you know what, if that's all you're doing, then what are you really serving? What direction are you really taking? And is it time to have one of those chats with yourselves and just say, you know what, maybe it's time I actually put a bit of effort into serving other people and serving Jesus Christ. Because, like, and like Paul said, Paul said, this is, in fact, the whole book of Philippians, he, he, Paul sort of talks about, this is how you become an awesome and great Christian. And, you know, when we go back to Moses uh, and when God says, look, I can, tell you how to, I can tell you how to live a good and fantastic and contented and joyful life, and that's by serving God. Like, it seems ironic, that, oh, well, if we have to serve someone, then we're going to be, like, you're, like, oppressed. No, 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 he says, like, I made you, I created you. So, like, you know, the Ten Commandments, well, commandments, all it means are the do's and don'ts. No, no, he says, look, he says, because I brought you out of Israel, because you're my people, this is how I want you to live. This is how you're going to live, this is how you're going to be the happiest. It's not all about me, 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 and, and, and how you get ahead and how you can be the best and greatest. It's about when you're looking after each other, that's fulfilment, that's contentment. I've met numerous people um, who have struggled in life because of situations, different circumstances, but basically have come to a place where bordering on or, or even going past depression, you know, like really seriously, like life's not worth living, what's the point, um, don't know why I'm alive, that sort of thing. I'm not saying this is a cause for depression for every person, don't get me wrong, but I've met a few people in this situation where they have have just gone, you know what, I don't know what, the, what this whole point is. And then something's happened and they've actually begun to serve other people, have actually begun to look outside their own lives and even though they have genuine concerns and even though they have genuine issues and things that aren't real rosy in their own life, they've actually gone, you know what, I'm just going to try and make someone else's life a little bit better, I'm going to serve other people. And I can think of a couple of individuals particularly who, who have gone from life's not going real well at all to just like, wow, I'm loving life, this is an amazing thing. Once they have started to look outside themselves and to look for other people around them who uh, also have issues in their life or also have circumstances beyond their control which are really making life difficult. And they've just, they've just exploded with, with this joy and contentment of, of wow, life, this is, this is good stuff. This is like, I'm loving life. I love getting out of bed. I've got a reason, I've got a purpose to get out of bed and to, and to do life. Whereas beforehand, when it was all about me, it's just like, ah. you know, and you see, you see like, you see like uh, high-end athletes or, or, you know, famous people, movie stars, all that sort of stuff, completely smashing their lives once they're at the top because it's like, well, what do I do now? I've got nowhere to go. Like, I thought it would be good. I thought it when I, when I made it and when I've arrived, I thought, well, mate, it's bliss. But when you get there, it's still all about me and it's like, eh. And they're, they're just doing making really poor decisions and doing some really dodgy stuff because it's still all about them. But when we start to serve, when we turn it around, when we start to have that humble attitude like Jesus Christ had, life can begin to explode with that joy and that fulfilment, that fullness uh, that comes into life. Seems it's Anzac weekend. I thought I'd throw in an Anzac story. Um, and I was, reading about, uh, I was reading about a guy. His name is Patrick Bugden. And he was a Victoria Cross recipient. Now, Victoria Cross, probably most of you know, but just in case, Victoria Cross is the highest uh, award that's possible uh, to be given to an Australian uh, serviceman or, or woman. 
Um, so he's received the top honour. And the, the reason he received this, as probably all the other VC recipients, is because of bravery and valour. In other words, what these guys have done, and, and women, what they've done is, is gone out onto the battlefield and have put aside their own safety to serve others. And this particular guy, um, Patrick Bugden, he was, he was born in uh, just out of Lismore, uh, New South Wales, goes to, um, lies about his age, gets into the army, serves, puts his hand up for any, anyone want to do a dangerous mission? Yep, I'll go, you know, like that sort of a bloke. Like maybe a little bit soft, I don't know. No, he, but he goes out and he puts his body on the line. He puts himself on the line to serve his comrades and to serve his country with complete and utter disregard for his own safety. In fact, his citation more or less put it in those words. He was, he was just a, a contempt for his own safety, a disregard for his, his own well-being. And, I, and Patrick... He does a few things, he, he takes on a few, you know, completely outnumbered, takes on machine guns and he does a few different things. He rescues a corporal single-handedly, like it's been captured. And anyway, but, one th but a few things that he was particularly noted for doing, and that was rescuing wounded soldiers off the battlefield. Uh, there was a particular time in the Western Front in Europe, he, he, uh, they would go into this area which had, had previously had a, a battle happen some weeks or, or nearly a month later. There was still carnage laying around, if I can say that. Um, smell wasn't good and there was more, battle ga more battles raging. And when you would see injured soldiers on the, like, outside of their trenches and all this sort of stuff, this is all World War I stuff, um, he realised that if they, didn't get, if they didn't get someone to help them, then that's where they would die. Where they fell is where they would die. They can't get back themselves, there is no option, but they would, they would die where they land. And, and so he just, amongst you know, shelling and machine gun fire and rifle fire, he'd just get up and go and get them and bring them back. Uh, and that's why he received his, his VC. Without a regard for self. You see the opposite, the polarism, it's all about me or it's all about others. Um, and unfortunately this guy, his luck ran out and, and he was also killed on the battlefield doing exactly that, rescuing someone else one day. But he received honour, he received recognition. He received great recognition because he sacrificed, because he put himself out there. And, and I guess sometimes if we don't stop and take, like I said, take that look at, at what, what our lives are all about and actually stop and go, you know what, maybe it is time for me to, to pare back, to put aside, to trim off the noise that's going on around me and actually make some conscious effort and some conscious decision to serve Jesus Christ. Um, I've, got, I've got a couple of cards here and I'm going to get everyone to take a couple if you want. I'm hand them out for us. Um, now these, this is just one little way. You, know, you, don't have to, you don't have to do this if you don't want, but you can still keep the cards. You can put them on, you know, on your dashboard, on your car or something or whatever. Um, but what these little cards are, they're just advertising for Refresh. And coming to Refresh doesn't mean someone has or hasn't got a relationship with Jesus Christ. However, coming to Refresh, we would hope, gives people a great opportunity to meet Jesus Christ. And we would love it if you would take up the challenge. And I said, it's completely up to you. We're not forcing you. We're not putting your hand behind your back and all that sort of stuff. But if you would take up the challenge, here's just, here's just one little idea. Take a card and think and pray strategically for one person per card. So there's a couple. And if you want more, right, we've got lots. Right, so we've got 
We could put lots of people in this room. Um, think about who, and pray about, who would I like to invite to come to this to refresh? Who would I like to actually serve in some ways? And your service is, is going out of your way to maybe invite someone else uh, to come along. Particularly, particularly thinking about those people who may not yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And to take that on, it's just one little idea. We just thought we'd give that out. Um, and like I said, if you want more, there's plenty more. Um, but really as an invitation, hey, this is what we do. And, and to come along and, and to serve other people. And, and even within, this, with even within this, um, the program and, and what we do here on a Saturday morning, there's plenty of other places that you can serve, not just here, but if you're interested in helping out you know, on a Saturday morning, but also on the other ministries, I guess, that Refresh does, or whatever it is that you might want to do, outside of Refresh, doesn't matter, whatever it is between you and God. But not to just to, um, not just to let life carry you on and just let life happen, but actually go, you know what, maybe that might take a little bit of sacrifice, maybe I'm going to have to pull back in certain areas. And this, again, it's between you and God, it's not nothing to do with me, I'm up here talking about it, but I'm not here going, oh, I think you should, not at all, it's between you and God. But okay, you know what, maybe there is stuff that I need to maybe just pull back on a little bit that gives me a little bit of time to serve. And that attitude of servant, of being a servant, I guess, in its very nature, is opposite to the noise that we have. And, and, and there's something, and I'll say this, and this is not, I haven't found this in the Bible, okay, so this is a bit of Neil Redmond's observation stuff. Okay, so it could be completely like, uh, you, you can disagree with it, don't care, all right? And you, happy to tell me, if you want to tell me about it too, I don't care, all right? But, but there's just, it would appear to me, when we start serving, particularly serving God and serving others, when we start serving, when we start doing, okay, not just talking, when we start doing, okay, so we get to that motivation now, sounds like I'm doing the ad, um, you know, we'll get to the motivation stage, okay, um, but when we get to that motivation stage, when we actually take steps to do, when we actually take steps to serve, something happens in us spiritually. There's a connection, there's an ownership, there's a, there's a like, yeah, this has become real. It's become authentic. It's not just like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk about it and how, how great a Christian, you know, it's awesome to be a good Christian and it's, you know, you get all these blessings. No, no, no. It solidifies, it becomes real. And when we serve, like I said, that's a bit of a, that's a bit, that's a bit of a Neil Redmond thing, okay? But when we serve, I believe, we grow spiritually. And so, like I said before, you don't have to serve here at Refresh, although if you do, that's awesome, but you don't have to, but serving God somewhere will help you grow. I'm pretty convinced of that. And if, it, if you try it for a couple of months and it doesn't work, come back and tell me, alright, and I'll never say that again, but I think it will. Okay? If you want to come closer to Christ, it's not just about, you know, coming to, coming to a church on a, you know, on a weekend, but it's about being a part of that, actually getting involved. You will, you'll begin to soar. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so very much that you served us. I just thank you that, uh, that you came from heaven as, as God to become the humblest of humans, to become the servant of the humans, to, to die. Uh, and I just pray that we can do that, that we can pare back the, the, the all about me stuff that goes on around us and that we can take on that humble attitude as well, just like Paul was, was telling the people of Philippi, that we will take on the same attitude as you had and serve other people around us. And, Lord, receive that joy and that fulfilment that comes along with that, uh, that we can just 
that we can buzz, that we can soar, uh, because we are we are about helping other people and helping you in the in the in the same time. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Um, we'd like to thank you all for coming.